It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Trucker here on this winning Monday. Today on the show, we'll recap the Falcons' big victory over the San Francisco 49ers. How long can the Falcons maintain this path of success? And the Falcons have to get back to doing something that they were doing earlier in the year. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked on Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by Bet Online. We ask you to head to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into the search browser. When you find us, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Downloads for free today. Give us a five star review. And of course, you can check us out, Roku and Amazon Fire. Check us out on those platforms as well. And then follow me at JMCH316. Point of note for programming we're not going to do any Braves today. Cause I'm going to, I don't want to ruin my mood. We'll get into all of that tomorrow. Cause I don't want to hear anybody spitting to me about this was a success. You know, this season was a success and come, I don't want to hear all that nonsense. Thing. We're going to focus on the Falcons and look, let's call it like it is yesterday. The Falcons kicked the crap out of the 49ers. It wasn't that competitive. Wasn't that close. Honestly, never really felt like there that the 49ers were going to win that game. So unlike what we've seen of late, first point was how well the Falcons came out early and jumped on the 49ers. Now, obviously, ideally, you would love to do that against every team in the league, right? But over the last couple of weeks, part of what has really hindered and hampered the Falcons, last week they didn't score in the first uh, half of the game. I think it was five points the week before. You know, getting off to these really slow starts, especially offensively. But the Falcons came out and jumped on the 49ers. First chance they had to get the ball, they went down and scored a touchdown, right? I mean, again, we'll talk about the offense just a second here, but getting out early on these teams, you know, when you can't just out-personnel teams, when you can't just line up and you are just instantly better than the guys that you're lining up on, and even if you get off to a slow start, eventually your talent and your personnel quality will catch up to it when you when you don't have that advantage and the falcons have had that advantage in in years bygone they've had the ability that they were much more talented than the teams they could survive slow starts and get back into it because they could out talent you but when they don't have that now they have to get out to these quick starts yesterday was a prime example getting up 14 nothing now let me also mention too I don't want to hear any complaining and moaning by 49ers fans about, well, we didn't have this and we didn't have that. And Welcome to life in the NFL, man. Every NFL team is dealing with injuries. You know, every NFL team is dealing without personnel. The Falcons' best wide receiver over the last couple of years is suspended because of his gambling. The Falcons' top running back isn't going to play. Didn't play last week, not playing this week, not going to play another week. Got a couple more weeks. I mean, look, everybody goes through it. Sorry, but the Falcons' early start was fantastic. And I got to tell you, the defense yesterday was the key to that game. We'll talk about Mariota. I'm going to give him his props. But when you look at what the defense did yesterday, 
They only gave up four rushing first downs in that game. The 49ers only picked up 50 yards on 16 attempts, held them to barely three yards a run. Created three turnovers in the game. You know, the defense dictated everything that went on yesterday. So I thought it was a masterful plan, even though they got one of their sacks wiped out. Speaking of sacks, we'll get to that a little bit later on here in the program. But by and large, that 49ers team had no answers for the Falcons defense, creating three turnovers, long drives that resulted in not much of anything. Yeah, the defense got that little bit of a hiccup there where 49ers came back and scored a couple of touchdowns. But otherwise, turnovers, stopping the run, all the things that we asked for, right? Controlling the line of scrimmage. Falcons ran the football really well yesterday. Mariota had a big day running the football, but they also got over 100 yards out of the running backs. You know, Huntley and Algier combined for 110 yards, mixed in the six yards for Avery Williams. Even if you take away Mariota's 50 yards that he ran for, they still went over 100 yards in the game, which is what you want, right? Tell me my running backs can run for at least 100 yards every week. I'm going to feel pretty good. Then you mix in Mariota's rushing attempts and everything as well. Now, let's talk about Mariota for a second. I thought he was terrific yesterday, and he did exactly what was asked of him, okay? Number one, only took a couple of sacks. Number two, most important, and this has to be the theme moving forward, is he played a clean game. Didn't have to worry about interceptions fumbles, things like that. And I'm going to say this again, and this will come into, now we'll now we'll get into the hate part of uh, Marcus Mariota, right? This is not a just random happenstance. This is not just some fluky number. This is what I've told you for weeks on end now. This is the stat. When Marcus Mariota throws it 20 or less times in a game, they are 3-0. and When he throws it, 21 or more times in a game, they're 0-3. That's your stat. That is, that's the sweet spot that we've talked about. That's where you want to keep him. And if you can tell me he's only going to go out and throw it 14 times and he'll average nine yards an attempt and won't get a chance to turn the football over and only ends up taking a couple of sacks so that they don't change down in distance because one of the other things that the Falcons did really well yesterday was staying ahead of the chains. They didn't get themselves into second and third and longs. You know why? When you don't drop back and pass and you put your quarterback in harm's way or you incomplete passes, you can if you come out and run the football effectively early on, you don't get behind the chains. So I thought everything about what the Falcons did yesterday was a masterful plan. You saw Arthur Smith on full display as to why he's been a top-tier coach this year. <laughs> Excuse me. I thought the game plan defensively, offensively, they did everything that they needed to do. Oh, yeah. And rub my eyes. Did I see Kyle Pitts catch a touchdown? He caught a touchdown. Hold on. Let me see if I got this right. He caught a touchdown in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is in the United States of America. Oh, okay. That's a good sign. Hopefully more of that uh, happens over the next few weeks. But look, the Falcons came out and established their identity early. They came out and played bully ball. They pushed the 49ers around. That's a them problem if they don't have their guys on the field. Sorry. Guess what? 
I'm looking at the standings right now on ESPN and Pro Football uh, Reference. Guess what? Falcons are credited with a win. 49ers got a loss. They're not going to put an asterisk. They're not going to go back and change it. Sorry, you got your butt kicked yesterday. Take it and move on, okay? You know, I didn't hear all the complaining and moaning last week when the 49ers were kicking the crap out of the uh, Carolina Panthers. Didn't hear all that complaining and moaning from them. So, too bad for them. But I thought Marcus Mariota played really well. I thought they schemed it in the right way. You got a few good catches here and there. And we'll talk about the offense coming up here in just a few minutes about sustainability and things like that. But overall, this was the most complete game we've seen out of the Falcons in quite a while. Start to finish. Never felt like, honestly, that the 49ers were going to win. Even when it got to 14-14, I felt like the Falcons had established their identity. Felt like the Falcons could go down and do what they got to do. And oh, yeah, too, don't forget, a defensive touchdown in that game. What, what's the stat? I think it's since 2000 when defenses score a touchdown, it's about a 75% chance that you win a game. You're going to win three out of four games when you score a touchdown defensively. Everything that you could want out of this team showed up on Sunday. Now they get ready for a game that I'll be honest with you, they can go to Cincinnati and win that game. We'll preview that game later on in the week. Let me first talk about my friends over at BetOnline, BetOnline.net. Look, did you get in on the action? I was all about Tennessee minus eight all weekend long. I talked about it on the radio shows I did on Friday and Saturday. I was all about Tennessee minus eight. Did you get in on the action? Because you could have gone to BetOnline.net, gotten in on that, and guess you, you know what you'd have been doing? Cash money, homie. Straight cash money, homie, homie. Get all the money that you got right there. Because Tennessee won, covered everything you could ask for out there. Listen, betonline.net is your number one source for all your sports wagering information. Super easy. You take that mold device and you put in betonline.net and head there today. E-scores, betting. You want to get in mixed in college football, NFL, golf, baseball playoffs. Ugh, yuck. Talk about that tomorrow. Anyway, everything is available at your fingertips at betonline.net. Use that handy mobile device to get all the news and information. You want podcast information, stats, scores, everything that you need to be a smarter sports wager is available at betonline.net. So head there today, get in on the action, be a part of it today. Betonline.net is where the action starts. So look, obviously three and three is a terrific start for the Atlanta Falcons, considering there's a lot of people that thought the day would be a two-win team this year. You know, we talked about on this show, I thought they'd be six. You know, they may very well end up blowing past that number. I thought they'd be a six-win team this year. Vegas had their odds at like four and a half is what the over-under win total is. They're obviously going to beat all of that. Now, when you look at what their identity is offensively, you asked a question about in a league that is full of passing, can the Falcons sustain this? Let me give you a few numbers as to where the Falcons are at, okay? I just want to give you some numbers here to kind of ponder. In the last three weeks, okay, where the Falcons are 2-1, and one, Mariota's had 14 attempts, 25 attempts, 19 attempts. The, the two games that they won was the 14 and 19 attempts. They lost the 25 attempts game. This is where the NFL is in today's world, okay? Obviously, we still have a game tonight. But the teams that won yesterday, the average number of attempts for a quarterback in games that were won yesterday was 32.1. Falcons threw it 14 times. The previous week, where Mariota threw it 25 times and they lost, the average NFL team that won 
threw it 29.7 times. A couple of we a few weeks ago when the Falcons won and Mariota threw it 19 times in the game, the average winning team quarterback threw it 30.9 times per game. So if you want to look, the average NFL team has thrown 194.7 passes in the league. The Falcons have thrown 137. Give you more perspective on it. Most teams in the end, the rest of the league, without obviously tonight's game and all this, any other, and when you include buys and everything else, the average NFL team is throwing it 33 and a half times per game. The Falcons are averaging 22.8 times per game. They're basically throwing it 30% less than the average quarterback. And that's important because that factors in everybody. That factors in Matt Ryan and Tom Brady throwing it 55 times and Zach Wilson throwing it 18 or 20 times, or Jalen Hurts throwing it 20, 25 times. Factors everybody else in the league. So the Falcons are throwing it 30% less. They're averaging 30% less pass attempts than what every and, and other NFL team is doing right now. The Falcons are third in the NFL in total pass attempts, and that's only because the Titans had a bye week. Titans are only seven less attempts than the Falcons, but they had a bye week. They'll catch back up. So the Falcons are going to stay somewhere around the second fewest attempts. Mariota is on pace to have one of his lowest pass attempt seasons at 338. Now, that's fine. Look, can the Falcons maintain this type of balance and play and continue to win? I will tell you, yes, that they can. Look, the Falcons are a top three rushing team. They're also a top three rushing attempt team. And their motto is, we're going to control the line of scrimmage on the offensive side and do that on the defensive side. And that's the thing. This is what we've begged the Atlanta Falcons to be. Tell me that we have good line of scrimmage play. The ultimate way to even things out in the NFL when you talk about having a shot to win games is tell me you can be good on your lines of scrimmage. I've always said my philosophy about football, when the referee plants the football down for the spot on that play, the closer to the football my great players are, the better I will be. The further I get away from where the football is spotted, where my great players are, the more I'm going to struggle. And that's been the Falcons' problem over the last handful of years, going back to previous administrations and regimes, is they haven't been good at the point of the football, at the point of attack. And with the way that this offensive line is played, look, Pro Football Focus has Chris Lindstrom as their first-team NFL guard right now. McGarry's played well. The offensive line in general has played well. Dolman, eh. But again, he's, what do we say? You can have a bad offensive lineman. Okay, you can have one guy who's bad. Problem is last year, you had multiples of guys who were not good. That you can't survive. The defensive line, we've talked about Grady having one of his best seasons ever. Taquan Graham having a really good season. We'll talk about sacks coming up here in just a minute, but they got off to a really good start, right? So if you can control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football and run the football effectively, right? You don't have to be the best running team. You don't have to be top tier. It certainly helps. But if you can line up and keep staying ahead of the chains, if 
You can create down and distance where your offense picks up yards and puts you into short third yardage situations, or your defensive line can sack the other team's quarterback and create long down and distance for them. Then you can be in every game that they play. I don't care what the talent is. The Falcons are not going to line up against teams this year, maybe Carolina, where they're going to have, where you're going to say the Falcons are more talented than that team. They're not going to line up next week in Cincinnati and people are going to say, well, the Falcons are a more talented team. Nope, that's the team that was in the Super Bowl, not with Burrow and Chase and all those guys and Hendrickson. Individually, we don't have players that compare to what those guys are with Boyd and Higgins and this and that and bop, 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 right? But the Falcons and what their identity is and how they win games is they control the line of scrimmage. They play really well at the point of attack. They run the football effectively and they stay committed to it. And they're avoiding putting the ball in harm's way. Again, it's not coincidence that when they throw it 20 or less times, they've won every one of those games. When they start throwing it more, when it gets up into 25, 33, like it did, they don't win those games and they won't. If they get into those kinds of scenarios, they won't. We've talked about sweet spot, staying in that 20. I'm telling you right now, that 20 pass number is the sweet spot for where we need to be. And this team is going to find itself that if they continue to play really well on the line of scrimmage, they can control the offensive line, control the defensive line, run the football effectively, stay committed to it. You know, that's the thing about yesterday is the 40 rushing attempts. Everybody knows they had the best run defense in the NFL. Didn't matter. 40 runs, you stay committed to it. That's how you have success. That's what is so different about this coaching staff is the commitment to what their philosophy is. Not getting panicked, not worrying about what the other team does or what have you. You stay committed to what you do best. And the results will show. And this team continues to do that. And that's why they're finding themselves in one-score games, not getting blown out, having an opportunity to win. It's not because they huck it, they do this, they do that, whatever like that. They play good enough defense and create some... Look, the Falcons are not an elite defensive team. Go look at their yardage and things like that. They're not an elite defensive team. But they control the line of scrimmage. They did a great job yesterday stopping the run. Their offensive line has been terrific. And if you can do that in this league, you can sustain success. You can be in every game and continue to have a chance to win every week. You don't turn the football over. You create some turnovers. This formula very much has long-term success written all over it. Well, I want to mention, too, thanks for making Locked On, uh, Locked On Sports Atlanta your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our NFL Key Predictions every Friday on our Locked On NFL channel. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including you're going to get Sunday and Monday night football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts, Bet Online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast from. So there is one thing that does concern me a little bit about the Falcons, and the trend is kind of continuing from last year. 
Remember how we got so excited at the very beginning of the year where the Falcons were actually sacking the quarterback? So after week one, the Falcons were on pace for 68 sacks. Then after week two, they're on pace for 43. Then after week three, on pace for 40. Week four, on pace for 34. Week five, they're on pace for 27. And now after week six in the NFL, they're on pace for 23. So their sack totals over the course of the season. Four, one, two, one, zero, zero. Now, to be fair, two weeks ago against Tampa Bay, they had a sack taken off the board because Grady didn't get credit for that sack on Tom Brady because of the worst call in the history of the NFL. By the way, did you watch guys yesterday sling the quarterback to the ground and not get called? Anyway, maddening. Um, then they lost the sack yesterday. Uh, Ebikadi lost one because of a Carter penalty. So there are a couple of sacks that they missed out on. Right now, the Falcons are on pace for 23 sacks, which, look, would be an improvement over 18. 23 is still better than 18. But given what they were doing earlier in the year, one of the things that the Falcons can really do to help their defense out, and one of the things that has been a formula for success, and I was talking about this with my buddy Hugh Douglas yesterday. We do kind of a pregame show for the Atlanta Falcons and this, that, and the other. I asked him, do you want quantity or quality of sacks? Because one thing the Falcons have done is, while they haven't gotten at times quantity of sacks, they have gotten quality sacks. And let's be honest, it's been one guy, right? It's been Grady Jarrett that has had the quality sacks. Late in a game, get a sack on a quarterback and change up down and distance. And now you're forcing him into third and 18, fourth and 20, right? And these kind of prohibitive downs because you sacked a quarterback. I'd like to have a little bit more of the quantity version of everything. And it does scare me a little bit because that trend is starting to go back to what it was last year. Get off to a good start, sacking the quarterback, and things kind of level out and fade a little bit from there. Now, I know people are going to say, and they're going to message me, oh, the Falcons are getting pressures and this, that, and the other. Okay, with all due respect, that does help. And, and it is good to force a quarterback to have to speed up his clock, but there is nothing, nothing like changing down and distance in the NFL. That That is so drastic in the NFL. If you can change down and distance because you sacked the quarterback, you make the other team's offense in a life that just, it, it's like the Halloween movie, right? No matter what you do, the bad guy just keeps coming after you. So I want to see the Falcons get back into that. We know that Joe Burrow was a guy who, what, last year he took 51 sacks in the season, and we'll look up his numbers and talk about what his numbers are later on, you know, this week. But certainly you figure, okay, maybe there's a chance to get home. And I do understand the Falcons had a couple of sacks that have been taken off the board over the last couple of weeks. But they've got to get back to getting in the backfield and putting the quarterback on the ground. It's great to talk about pressures, but guys don't get paid on pressures. The, the top sack guys get paid on the number that says SK in their column in there. That's what pays those guys. And we want to see them get back to doing that, especially because early on, it really did change up the way this defense could play. For a defense that is figuring some things out. You know, the great thing about the Falcons defense is they've been able late in games to find a sack and a turnover, right? And yesterday they created three turnovers in that game. And one of them was a defensive touchdown. 
I'd love to be able to tell you that they could score a defensive touchdown every game. Because if you could score a defensive touchdown every game, you'll win almost every game that you play. We just talked about that here a few minutes ago, that teams typically win about 75% of their games when they score a defensive touchdown. I think the thing in the NFL is if you score two defensive touchdowns, it goes in the high 90s at that point. So, But those things are hard to come by, right? But what you can do is sack the quarterback. And that's one thing that six weeks in, if we can get that trend to kind of turn back around to what it was early in the year, because this is the same kind of trend that we saw last year. You know, we talked about the Falcons got off to a good start sacking the quarterback last year and had some hopes and thoughts and stuff like that. But, okay, maybe this thing will turn out pretty well. And we kind of got amped up. You know, hey, look, even after three weeks, we're, we're talking about 40 sacks. All right, four weeks, we're still talking about 34. I still want to see the Falcons at the end of the year be somewhere around 30 sacks. That needs to be the Falcons' sweet spot, okay? We've been using that term here on this show. Falcon sweet spot, tell me we can be about 30 sacks. For most of the season, they've been pretty close to that kind of pacing, but it has every single week has kind of fallen off a little bit more and more. And obviously the penalties have hurt, the bad calls and things like that. I get all of that. So if there's one little thing that I want to see defensively from this team, it is getting back. Because as far as creating turnovers, they're doing a great job on that. As far as playing the run, doing a great job on that. I thought the Falcons did a better job yesterday of controlling the underneath stuff. Yeah, the 49ers got some plays underneath. They got some plays where, in all honesty, your DB doesn't have much of a shot. They're going to run it really low underneath, and he can't make contact. And so he's going to be open, and they find him, and you know he runs it in. I, I get all that. But... It didn't feel like it killed us this week the way that it did last week against Tampa when Fournette felt like he couldn't be stopped and God went in some of those guys. Felt like that those guys really punished us, but the Falcons did a much better job on that. So they're figuring some things out past defensively. Grant and Hawkins have been really good at safety. They're figuring some things out at linebacker. Troy, uh, Troy Anderson got the start yesterday, led the team in tackles, right? Rashad Evans, uh, Rashawn Evans had a good season for him. Hopefully they get Michael Walker back this week. We'll see. We know what their, you know, identity is with Grady and those guys on that defensive line playing well. But boy, if I can, you know, they've slowed down a little bit on getting home with four. And if I can get Eba Katie, if I can get Carter, if I can get Ogundeji, if I can get those guys on the outside to get me back to where they were, then this defense is going to be, one of the better defenses in the league because they haven't been great from a yardage and point perspective this year. Okay. They're not, they're not reminding anybody of the 85 bears or the 86 giants or the Oh one Ravens, but they are opportunistic. And when they need a sack, they've been getting it when they need a turnover, they've been getting it out there. So if we can just reverse that trend a little bit and get it back up because last year, once it got, you know, again, we talked about, the Falcons had a third of their sacks in the first four games of the season last year, and it just fell off a cliff at that point. They weren't even averaging a sack per game after that. Well, it's been no sacks in the last two games. I understand penalties haven't helped and all that, but if the Falcons can get back to sacking the quarterback here, they're gonna their defense is even going to take another full step, and it just takes so much pressure off your offense, and you change up down and distance, and you help to create more of those turnovers. 
So a lot going right for the Falcons in their defense right now. Just let me sack the quarterback a little bit more, and we might have that complete picture. All right, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Trucker your first listen every day. Make A to Z with Mark Zeno your second listen every day. Mark's back talking all things sports here in Atlanta. It's free and available on our YouTube page at Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment there. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review there. Of course, you can download us for free. Roku and Amazon Fire. We know a lot of folks like those platforms. You can check us out there as well. Give us a review. And, of course, follow me at JMCH316 on my Twitter page. Oh, We're going to talk about the Braves tomorrow and kind of wrap up their season as I'm going to feel depressed about all of this. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 